The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherded Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. Host Mark Goldstein introduces you to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry and gives you the tools you need to do the same. The Shepherded Work is sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. Now, here's your host, Mark Goldstein. Welcome to The Shepherd at Work. This is Mark Goldstein in the studio as always with my dear friend, Mike Gillen. Hey, buddy. And another great friend of mine who's paying a visit today. His name is Chris Marsden. Hello, Chris. Hello. And Chris, you and I have known each other, what, four or five years? Yeah. Gosh, now COVID interrupts the whole world and I don't know what today is sometimes. So <laughs> it's, been, it's been a few years though. But uh, we've done Bible studies together. Yeah. We've we spent time together. Now, Chris, uh, you wear many hats. You are on staff with Global City Mission Impact. Mission Initiative. Initiative. I almost got it right this I time. I know. I was Almost wondering. got it right. GCMI. <laughs> yeah. GCMI. And you also have your own consulting company, Chris yes. Marsden. Um, yes. But so, and you've also been on, you were on with Mike uh, a couple of days ago. And so a lot of what you talked about with him, we're not going to talk about. But folks, if you want to hear a fantastic interview, it's already podcasted. Go to the Shepherd website and it's Mike Gillen's interview with Chris, Chris Marston. So we're going to jump in a little more focused today and especially with your work through uh, GCMI. Tell us uh, in a nutshell what, how you serve in that ministry and what, it, what the mission is. Yeah, so Global City Mission Initiative is a nonprofit that focuses on discipleship and evangelism in global urban places. So we're in we're in the big cities where the world has moved to and the mo- world is moving out of. So we started in New York. We've in historically we've had team in LA. We currently have team in Philly, Phoenix, Tampa, Orlando, um, and Atlanta. And so what we do is we, we incarnationally hire missionaries to live full-time in those places and just reach out to people as normal people and introduce them to the gospel. So simple conversational relational evangelism, simple church models of discipleship, multiplicative models of discipleship, so that we begin to see the gospel spread on its own. It's not just the work of the professionals. It's the work of ordinary people and ordinary Christians that begin to see the gospel move forward. And then kind of through that work, we also found that that we were we were coming across Christians who felt like they couldn't, like they, they were excited about what we were doing, but they couldn't figure out how to like get that first step going. And so we began to to really focus on how do we mobilize, empower, and train, you know, ordinary Christians and in turn churches. How do we mobilize, empower, and train those people to go out and engage their communities? Chris, the obvious question to this is, uh, isn't that something the church should be doing rather than uh, a parachurch organization? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've literally had that question from pastors of, you know, um, kind of like not quite so bluntly, but like, what do we need you for? Right. Like, and it kind of, you know, I was actually just talking with our executive director the other night and um, we were, we were talking about this kind of metaphor of, when we're, we're talking to people and they just can't quite figure out like, man, what is it that you do exactly? And, um, kind of the way we ended up describing it was like, you know, that, uh, 
You know that African missionary that your church supports? You know that guy that like he meets a group of people and he gathers them together underneath a tree and like, and they form church there? Like, that's us. Like, we're that. We're just here. So, you know, the uniqueness of, of what's happening globally with urbanization and, and uh, migration, like we have the opportunity to reach the whole world. And I think the answer to the question that the pastor's asking of like, well, isn't that what the church is for? Like on the one hand, the question is yes, or the answer is yes. Like that is what the church is for. That is what the churches should be doing. Um, and the answer on the other hand is there's just not enough of them, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, in any given metro area, um, the, the, the limitations of real estate, the limitations of trained pastors, the limitations of, of, you know, givers to support those kinds of ministries, there's just not enough churches. And so, so those churches, you know, need to be better at what they're doing. And, you know, from our perspective, that's where the, the training and the coaching kind of comes in. Um, but also they just need to continue to be doing the work they're doing. They need to be continuing to plant churches, but also there's people that are sitting at the edges that are never going to wander into those churches. They're not in relationship with your church members. And so how do we, while we're empowering churches, while we're encouraging churches, while we're training churches, how do we also put people on the ground whose full-time job, their only focus is, meet people who are far from Jesus and introduce them to the gospel and begin to see a life of discipleship and mobilization happen. So share with our audience some of the uh, methods. I don't want to use methods or strategies, but yeah, you know, no, no, some no, testimonies yeah. of what you, some successful ways you've, yeah. you've met people's needs. Yeah. So, I mean, our, um, that, that primary thing we do, right. It's, it's that full-time guy living in the city and, um, you know, to kind of walk through some of our, our internal language, we, we use a, a, a phrase called spiritual statements. You know, other churches might call them a God statement or, you know, there's uh there's some Greek phrases that different denominations have used over the years to kind of mean that same thing, but it's just a statement. It's just something that I can kind of sprinkle into conversation with you. So, you know, I'm, I'm walking, you know, into a, a cafe or, or maybe, you know, I'm meeting you, you know, on the basketball court or something. And how do I, in an ordinary conversation, let you know that I'm open to have a spiritual conversation? And so they're just, they're just simple spiritual statements, simple things that, you know, it might be a comment about how beautiful it is outside. And man, isn't it great that God has just given us such a beautiful day that we can enjoy and we can be out here playing basketball together? you know, um, the, the kind of mixed bag of retail, right? Like it's busy. Like, is that a blessing or a curse? Like, you know, and like just a way to like kind of start that conversation and let you know that like, maybe we could have a deeper conversation. Maybe we could have a, you know, a more holistic conversation. And so then as that develops over the course of time, like, you know, and, and we were in this training the other night, I was telling people like, maybe that's, you know, three conversations, maybe that's three months of conversations. But we're beginning to, you're beginning to see that I'm someone that you can have that spiritual conversation with. And as that opens up, like maybe you're interested in more. And so for us, you know, we're looking for those, those persons of peace. You know, again, it's not limited to our organization, but that's kind of how we frame it is you're looking for that person who is like genuinely ready to take that next step. 
you know, they're going to open their network to the gospel. And so, you know, Mark, man, we've been talking for a while now. We, we like, I feel like you enjoy these conversations about Jesus, about God. Like, what if a couple of your friends, if we got together and we just did something a little more formal, like we met at your house and opened up the Bible and just shared together around scripture, would you be interested in that? Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so now we've taken it from we're having these kind of casual spiritual conversations to we're opening scripture together. And um, the, the key part, which is it's subtle, but like it's key. The person who invited all the other non-Christians, all the other people was them. Like this non-Christian gathered their friends. So from a multiplication standpoint, it's now normal for normal people to invite people around scripture. It's almost like Andrew saying, come and see, you know, right. we ain't got Nathaniel. Right. Got Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it just grows. Right. And so, so then you got a group of people who are gathered around scripture. And so, you know, the, you know, the, the Western American, we're going to build it. They're going to come kind of thing where it gets messy is these are, I mean, it's a group of random people meeting in someone's house. Like, is that going to last for a week, a month? a year, you know, and so we've seen stories of, you know, we've seen churches, house churches, simple churches. We've seen them continue on ongoing for several years. We've seen them where they pop up and then they evaporate. And then some other iteration of that will pop up a few months later or a year later. Um, we've watched, we've watched people plant their own, like, like their own, uh, daughter churches, their own, you know, like, we just had a, a couple years ago, we had a group in, in uh, New York that was like iteration number four or five of this one particular house church. And they, they invited in a friend from New Jersey and the friend from New Jersey starts commuting from New Jersey. And, uh, and then she drags her roommate along and her roommate starts commuting in from New Jersey. And, uh, you know, gosh, man, why are we commuting from New Jersey? Can't we start one of these at our apartment? And, uh, and so the guy who was on our team at the time, he's like, well, yeah, like, let's, let's talk about that. Let's do that. And so it all started from like a simple spiritual statement, a simple engagement into like, I'm a spiritual person. You're interested in spiritual things. How do we connect that and begin to kind of dive into what God might be doing there? So, um, are, are you saying you're, you work with churches and direct as as groups are growing, they connect with those churches or everything is self-standing or a it, mix of everything? All of the above, right? Okay. Like I, we, what we would say and what have said is our plan A is to start simple churches that grow and multiply on their own and to watch the gospel spread in a community, you know, independent of, you know, another paid professional, another building rent, another, right? That's our plan A. But, but what we're doing also sees churches grow on sure. the edges. And we see some of those become churches. And whatever God's going to do with it, that's, that's not our control, right? Like, and the God's going to do and it. And the truth is, when you look at the defini definition of church, it all started when the group was getting going anyway. Right. Well, we're with Chris Marsden with GCMI. Also, he has his own consulting. We'll talk about that a little bit more. When we come back, we're going to talk about keys to effective, proper evangelism and discipleship. We'll be back in just a minute. 
If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3570. Ladies, do you want the men in your lives to be better husbands, fathers, and providers? Men, do you want all that and more? Christ-led communities has the answer. With men's Bible studies and group experiences, Christ-led communities has a curriculum that meets most every man's spiritual needs. Visit clchq.org to learn about your opportunities to grow in Christ in a Christ-led community. The website again is clchq.org or 407-484-3899. Once again, here's Mark Goldstein. And we're back to Shepherd at Work today with Chris Marsden in the studio with GCMI and uh, his own little thing that if you want to learn more about that, listen to the podcast from Mike Shell the other day. So, Chris, we're talking about evangelism and, and, and discipleship, and you have some real good keys to effective uh, discipleship evangelism. Um, so talk not only to people, or to the church, if you will, yeah. but also to the rank and file business person who owns a company and they're looking at using their company for the kingdom of God. So how can they, how can they use those principles? there? Too? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, ultimately, right. The church is those people, right? <laughs> like we, even church people, like we get that confused sometimes, like, those are the same things. It's just like, what's our indoor into how to have the conversation? Am I getting a pastor to, to, you know, connect with me and bring us in for a training? Or am I talking to, you know, a business owner that maybe we're getting, you know, plugged into an online cohort? Um, You know, which by the way, I should mention, we have an online uh, training option for ordinary people. It comes out effectively free because we rebate the whole cost if you actually show up for it. How do you so, how do you connect? Yeah, with that? if you go to globalcitymission.org slash cohort, there's all the information and um and the sign up sheet and the whole deal. And so there's one that's starting next week and then we're running those constantly because we do think that that's an effective way to help people kind of go from I want to get out into my community and make a difference to like what are the skills I need to get out into my community and make a difference. So, so that's globalcitymission.org slash cohort. Correct. Okay. So so yeah, so if you're if you're just looking for how to do that, there there's one way to do it. But but to your question, like how do we how do we kind of use our business, use our platform, whether you're a business owner, a, a an employee in somebody else's business, um, like one of the things that that we I mean, first of all a spiritual conversation, a gospel conversation is just that it's a conversation, right? Mm. And so one of the first things that we do when we're training is like, if you can have an ordinary conversation, you can have a spiritual conversation. If we're spiritual people, we should be talking about spiritual things, Good point, right? Like I'm an Apple guy. I will happily talk to you all day about my iPhone, my Apple Watch, the new MacBook that I don't own yet, the MacBook that I currently own that drives me a little crazy. Like we can talk all day about that stuff and it comes out naturally. Like we don't even have to try. Mike, we started talking about music earlier because we both play play music and like 
it's a natural part of who we are. So if we're spiritual people, if we're God people, why don't we naturally talk about spiritual things, right? And so, well, you know, like there's the annoying Apple guy, right? Like, oh, look at you <laughs> yeah, on your right. Samsung phone. What a horrible person you are, you know? Well, Apple snob. Right, the, uh... right. Well, there's annoying Jesus people too, yeah. right? <laughs> like we jump into conversations and we just immediately... Like, that's not how you'd have any conversation in your life. Why are we having Jesus conversations in annoying ways? So, like, let's let's figure out how to have normal, natural, spiritual conversations. If you're the business owner, it's your business, man. Do whatever you want with it. You know, if your business owner is somebody who wants to see their business be a platform for Jesus. Like, I managed a music store for a few years, and, like, that guy, the whole reason he started his business was... To, to be a light in the community. And so, so it was easy for me to have spiritual conversations with my parents, with my students, with people coming in. And, you know, sometimes they were long and sometimes it was like, you know, we talked about how beautiful the weather was, but. Uh, you know, that is a great point. And I hadn't thought of that is that we look at sharing with people as we read it in the Bible. But the reality is when it actually took place, it was real people talking. Right. What was actually written was a formalized documentation, but they were probably getting pretty real yeah. uh, in, in the discussions. Just, just normal conversations, just normal. And we've got pieces of it captured, yeah. right? But, but some of those were moments where Jesus stood out on a boat and preached to a large crowd. And some of those mm -hmm. were Jesus just hanging out at a well and having a conversation with the woman who wanders up, right? Yeah. It's just an ordinary conversation. And so how do we find that balance between, between just being normal humans and remembering that as spiritual, Christian, godly people, we can in, inject Jesus into the conversation in a healthy, normal way. You right? know, one thing that comes to my mind in this discussion is I think a lot of people approach that that need and that call that we're all given to be witnesses for the Lord almost is something that we have to be prepared for. It's almost like a, mm -hmm. uh, an event for which you have to put on a special set of clothing. <laughs> you know, right. you point, have to get yeah. all dressed yeah. up, but the truth of it is, yeah, like you got to study up right and got to really be ready yeah. for it. Whereas uh, the reality is we're called to be ready instant in season yeah. and out. Right. The scripture says, so we never know when, an opportunity is going to come our way right. and it needs to be as natural as what you sound when you say it. Yeah. And, and natural, natural is a great word, right? One of the things that in, in our training, we like kind of hit a couple of times is in order for something to feel natural, to be natural, it has to start as intentional. You have to go out and go, you know what, today I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to say something about Jesus and I'm not going to be a creepy dude. And like, and like, and maybe, you know what, maybe you fail at one of those aspects. Like, man, I didn't inject Jesus and I was creepy. Like this was doubly failed. Like, but you have to like walk out the door and go, I'm actually going to attempt this. And I'm actually going to have this Jesus conversation. Um, I think the other thing that when we talk about evangelism, we, whatever denominational background you're from, we've got our formula, right? Like if you've done these things, then you're saved. And so we feel like every conversation, man, I'm having this conversation with a potential non-Christian. I got to make sure I talk about Jesus. I talk about the cross. I talk about the resurrection. I talk about redemption. And if I don't talk about all of that, I failed. 
but the reality is and and it's a it's a longer topic and training than we have time for right now but the reality we we talk about it in the terms of mosaic right like when you're building a mosaic the 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 ancient pictures made out of tiles when you're building a mosaic one tile doesn't make the picture right. mm -hmm. 20 tiles don't make the picture hundreds of tiles make the picture well your job today is to put a tile in that person's mosaic and your tile might be the tile and you get to claim it as the win and like man look at what mike did look at what mark did or your tile might be like oh yeah right okay thanks and they just walk off but you still put in a tile and that tile you don't know the impact that that's going to have in the big picture and maybe you get a chance because you get to talk to them again next week to place a few more tiles and maybe that's your only interaction mm -hmm. and you just got to pray that yeah. man god's empowered other christians to put tiles in that person's life if we truly believe that every interaction that we have mm -hmm. is divinely in inspired. It's a divine connection. God has brought us to that person because he knows that if we're ourself, we're going to connect with that person. So what you were, what y'all were saying about, you know, you got to be yourself yeah. mm -hmm. and not some rigid, I've memorized this. I got to regurgitate yeah. it now. But if we're ourselves, that's who God wants us to be to give that person that tile for the mosaic. Right. Yeah. The the other the other teaching that we we always inject early on in the evangelism training is the the parable of the the sower, right? You know, I I always read it from Matthew 13, but it's in a couple of the gospels, but the sower goes out and he sows a bunch of seed on a bunch right. of different soils and some of it doesn't work and some of it's very fruitful. And um, the the things that like there there's all sorts of you know lots and lots of preachers have taught on this in terms of evangelism like we got to go sow seed we got to prepare like the sower in this context would have been somebody who actually knew something reasonably smart about farming unlike me who is an idiot when it comes to farming <laughs> and my backyard's a hot mess but the sower knowing things about farming throws soil or throws seeds everywhere. Mm -hmm. He doesn't stop and go, oh, it's never going to grow there. He goes seeds, 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 throws seeds everywhere. He, he sows seed generously. He doesn't evaluate like, is this going to be receptive or not? Right. And so how do we, instead of looking for, how do we win the argument? How do we find the perfect soil? How do we find, how do we instead turn our heart and attitude and how we share the gospel to where is receptivity happening. Just throw the seeds out there, throw those spiritual statements out there, have those gospel conversations with everyone and see what happens from the seed on the back end. Cause that's what the sower does. He doesn't, he doesn't like figure it out first and then, right. You know, and this is very, very, very biblical. You go to, Ezekiel, God said, I'm going to send you to people not of a foreign tongue, but people that are going to understand what you're saying. And they're all in sin, and you're going to tell them they're in sin. If they accept, then that's great. If they don't, that's up to them. But if you don't tell them, it's on you. Right. It's on you. Yeah. And that's the thing. We, we don't want it to be on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think of the uh, song and the verse that talks about casting your bread upon the water. 
you know, we, we don't know what wave is, you know, in that, in that picture, we're just, we're casting the bread, right? We don't know what's going to be fruitful and what's not going to be fruitful in our life. But our call is to be witnesses for Jesus. And that means sometimes it's going to go on to an ear. It's going to fall in an ear that is going to hear it and reject us immediately. Other times not. They'll hear it and respond. Well, and and the reject immediately, right? Reject immediately today and reject us. Like maybe maybe it's us personally. Like it actually is personally us. But when Mark comes along or that other pastor comes yeah. along or that random, you know, whoever comes right. along, they don't reject them. They, they reject, who knows why that rejection, Jared shares a few stories during our training of, of like the same guy in a particular cafe, the same guy who on four different occasions literally like ignored him, brushed him off. And then literally like leaned in, sat down and had like this long weeping conversation about life. Still not a Christian as far as we know, but like he responded differently on four different days because Jared kept going back. That's great. And with that, we are going to have to tie a ribbon to this show. Make sure you listen to the podcast of Mike Gillen's show from a couple days ago with Chris Morrison. This is Mark Goldstein from Mike Gillen. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Mark. Take care. You've been listening to The Shepherded Work. Tune in next week as Mark will introduce you to another marketplace leader who will show you how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. The Shepherded Work, sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.